Yo, yo, what up? We've got episode three right here with a close personal friend of mine, DJ Outloud. Uh, as always, want to send a special thanks to all of you that have been tuning in. Uh, I've really enjoyed chatting it up with uh, the variety of DJs uh, and hope that you continue to listen and uh, share with others alike. You can access all interviews and mixes done by the guest DJs on my website. That's on ChicagoDJFactory.com slash podcast. So next up, we've got DJ Out Loud. Hello. What's going on, man? All right. So we got uh, DJ Out Loud right here. Um, I appreciate you coming out. Uh, it's been some time uh, since we last saw each other. So how are things? Anything new, exciting on the horizon? What's popping? Um, You know, just trying to stay... Uh, energized and motivated in this crazy world, but super excited to have this phone call today. You know, this yeah, is no. it uh, brings a lot of joy, so I'm happy to do it. Likewise, I know we've been talking about it for a while, and then, um, you know, we had, you know, then some, you know, the dialogue going and just working out some details and then finding the time um, and then trying to get together here at the uh, uh, down to the last hour so that we we can uh, drop it on schedule for for Thursday. So again, thank you so much. Um, we'll just get right into it. You know, there, there's so much uh, here to cover that I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, and, you know, again, I got a bunch of questions and then from there, we'll see where it takes us. So let's start off with what I like to do with everybody is oh, we got your name DJ out loud. Tell me about that. Man, uh, you know, it's changed throughout the years. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about my earlier ones. Uh, DJ Sparkle uh, was the first one, but that just wasn't wasn't as cool. But um, the one thing that I love almost next to music equally is to hear myself talk. So, you know, I'm always I'm always loud. You know, when I leave a room. Uh, you know, when I when I enter one, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but, right. but uh, I, it, I'm never uh, question where I'm at. And um, so it made sense. And then at one point, you know, obviously coming out of the closet as well, you know, being out and about. So it just it fit it fit me, my lifestyle and my personality just kind of wrapped it all up into one. So and plus Spinderella was already taken. And that kind of is, you know, the best female um, DJ name I've ever personally heard of. So it, it was just going to be second to that anyway. So here we are. I always thought that was an interesting Spinderella. And um, it's kind of embarrassing because when I first heard that, um, I didn't even put it together like Cinderella, Spinderella. I was just like, hmm, that's strange. And then, you know, when I found out, you know, kind of what it meant, I just try to, I just try to kind of play it out. But I, I had an identity crisis myself when I first started out with a couple DJ names, and it's interesting because I, a uh, few of the other DJs I talked to went through a bunch of names, and it's probably something that a lot of DJs kind of go through or struggle in, in the very beginning. Um, I know I, I jokingly, but also was kind of serious. Uh, with the name DJ Fluffy for a while when I first started. <laughs> uh, had nothing to do with Gabriel Iglesias. It just right exactly. You got a chuckle out of it. it he stole your people... thunder, bro. He stole your thunder. <laughs> well, I guess it's more fitting for him. Uh, that Definitely. Uh, it was just, you know, more so. Uh, I, I think I even wrote DJ Fluffy on a couple, couple of CDs that I, I made. But that was more just um, um, for me personally. I don't think I was playing those. I, I'll do you one better, man. I, I got an old notebook downstairs uh, you cut Hello? out but i got I, yeah i'm there i uh i'll do you one but i got an old cd cd case downstairs that i actually like with a uh, a metallic silver marker wrote dj sparkle and the best part is is sparkle is misspelled so i'm not quite sure how intoxicated i may have been at that moment but 
not only did the name suck, but I couldn't spell it right. So, <laughs> but you know, I I used to tote that thing around with me. But you know uh, what too you know, every is car, um, every car I got into <laughs> with DJ names though, you could have easily played that off because a lot of people changed the spelling. Like I have a cousin, and his name was DJ First, but he spelled the F R S T, which you know I never asked him. I, I'm I. I want to get him on an interview here sometime in the future and, and, you know, put him on blast with that. But so you could have just played it off like, yeah, well, that's just how I spell my names to differentiate myself. You know what I mean? Trust me, that was the play back then. But, uh, you know, as as I got older, it didn't, uh, you know, when I started to have to send emails, people caught on real quick. So <laughs> so it didn't fly after that. That was another reason, like, can't spell it, got to change it. So wasn't trying to get caught up with that. And then going off of what you said uh, a second ago about you love to hear yourself talk. So I know you love entertaining people, you know, at what point um, and how did you start to love for music and, and with your social circle? Man, you know, so this is like, this is a great question and, and I'm passionate about it. So early for me, I, I realized that if I could control the music, I could control the mood, right? And I always, I mean, if you know me, I'm not secretive about it. I love to be the center of attention, right? Right on. Um, and, and I'm proud of that. It's fine. I, I love it, right? Good or bad. So it just kind of happened. You know, I, I was kind of the hype man for my, my group inside of the party, outside of the party. Um, and so I just remember thinking that if I could, you know, control the vibe of the group, you know, I was going to always be invited. I was always going to be, you know, the per the life of the party. And music was an easy choice. I mean, I, I think that carried over into everything. You know, when I would get in somebody's car, you know, I would always have a new banger CD mix that I made, right? So, you know, if it was going to be like me and my boys and we were going to be on our way to the bar, you know, I, I'd put on some hardcore stuff, you know, little Rough Riders, you know, a little Tupac, you know, and some old stuff. If we were going to have some girls in the car, you know, you had to have some Genuine, some Pony in there, right? Uh, maybe some Britney bitch, I don't know, whatever. But um, it just, I, I really understood that, music could incorporate how I was feeling and I could bring people onto my level. So that was really when I knew that that was something that I was going to be passionate about and it could drive the behaviors of not only myself, but, you know, I can get people to shake their ass around me. So that's really what got me pumped. Right on. Cause you know, it's, it's hit or miss uh, when you're like that, when you're persistent of kind of just being the one in control of the music, whether it be in the car or at a party or just hanging out with a group of friends Yep. And I know, I know for me, that was really important um, because if, if, you know, not to take away from the taste of music for my friends, but if, if I was somewhere in a car that they were playing some stuff that I'm, I just did not like, it just kills the whole vibe entirely. And, uh, you know, I'm just not in, in a good place. And uh, amen to all my friends that just let me throw my CD in there, yeah. tape in there, whatever it was to play, play, which I felt, you know, most people enjoyed, but you know, uh, not, not everybody liked rap at the time or house music at the time, but, um, um, you know, again, I, maybe I was a little aggressive too. Like, you know, we're going to play, play my CD. So, um, you know, what that reminds me of, uh, is, uh, there's like the Seinfeld episode where I, I think he didn't get invited to the party and he was trying to figure out why. And then he found out it was cause he was in charge of the music and he didn't play like a good selection. So they didn't want him. And so he somehow got invited or ended up at the party and, you know, they were trying to keep him away from the music and, you know, he was real conflicted about that. So I, I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's true, right? Like 
uh, you know, that's why I drive sometimes too. My, my car, my rules, right? Yes. Um, yes. Unless, unless she was a 10, she didn't get a choice. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, well, she's cute. I'll let her change the station. All right. He's all right. I'll let him have a, have a choice, but you know, that kind of, you know, overflows into another topic too, you know, when you're DJing and, you know, um, you know, whether it be inside a club, a small bar, a backyard barbecue, you know, um, you know, a company party and, you know, you're, you're there paid or unpaid sometimes. Right. And you're supposed to keep everybody in the mood and you got somebody that comes up and is like, yeah, you know, play this, play this country song or play this, you know, this old time song or play this hip hop song. And you're like, man, this ain't the crowd. Right. But you've got to try to please the people. So, um, that's where, you know, I think it's the most frustrating too, is it's, it's so rewarding when you see people vibing what you're vibing and you're like, yeah, that's it. I, you know, they're digging what I'm digging, but you know, part of the gig too is, is having to, to people please. And that's, that's been the hardest for me is I'm like, man, really? That's, that's what you guys want to hear right now? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But you guys smile, you, know. you guys smile and do it. You know, every once it, in a while. It, it, it goes, it goes both ways because of, I mentioned this before. I've never really been a big, big fan of country, but uh, you know, I, I DJ on a variety of capacities and, you know, uh, events such as weddings, uh, you know, they could be a couple that, you know, they're really geared towards country sure. uh, and with them building their playlist, you know, and, and at those times I wasn't very enthused about it, but, you know, when you're there playing the music and, you know, you have a packed dance floor and you actually listen to the lyrics now, you know, I wouldn't go as far as saying that I'm a, a country fan, but I definitely dig a lot of it. And uh, there are uh, a, a couple artists, um, you know, uh, that, you know, I enjoy uh, listening to now, um, you know, as a result. So it, go, it goes it goes both ways. Uh, one of the cool things I love is, you know, if you're whether you're mixing music, uh, playing a, a mixtape or DJing. And someone comes up to you and was like, hey, hey, what, what was that song or who was that artist? And you're like, yeah, see, they were digging my vibe. It's always a good feeling. Yeah, it know? is. It's, it's pretty gratifying. I always say so, I don't like country, man, but I love country concerts. So um, that was where I was like, man, all right, there's a lot of people out here that are shaking it. So, um, yeah, I, I feel you on that. It, that. That's the other thing, too, I think that's been rewarding is it, it did open my eyes to music that I wouldn't have always necessarily went to right it pushed me outside of my comfort zone and you know creating music making music composing writing being able to hear uh those different genres kind of really gave me an even bigger respect for the music that I did like and challenged me to even question the artists that I was into a little bit more because I was seeing what other artists and other genres are doing so you know there's always the plus side to that as well okay so I it, it's it's always interesting again to hear that um, you know point of point of view from other DJs or, or, or music and, and enthusiasts and you know I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, but on the, something a little bit interesting um, that I know uh, that I learned about you is kind of a nostalgic. You can't find them anymore. Kind of like the road, rotary phones, right? Uh, <laughs> um, a Tower Records. So you used to work at, at one? I did. So, you know, early on, it was one of my very first jobs uh, was at the record store. Um, I couldn't afford records, so I needed a discount or I needed to borrow them, uh, for lack of better words. <laughs> um, yeah. And, man, I, you know, another thing, my one manager, dude, this guy was, like, in love with Tom Petty, and that was all he would replace. I was like, please just let me not work with this one dude because I love Tom Petty, great artist, but, man, I, if I never have to hear – any of his songs again, I'll I'll be happy. R.I.P. But man, I'm I'm done with that. But so when me and you next time me and you hang out and I go scoop you up, I'm you'll hear me bending the black 
pounding some some Tom oh, Petty, some some refugees, some, some jump, older stuff. I might have to jump out. <laughs> She's a good girl. Not I got you though. I got you though. I, I I feel I feel that way about Mambo Number Five. So oh um, my god, no worries. There. Yeah, so you can understand that. But um, that was another thing. I mean, working in a record store, you know, um, and just seeing all types of people come in and like you would people would ask for a record that you didn't know was out. I mean, the number one thing about being a, you know, a, a DJ went from an entertainment standpoint is to be educated. Right. I mean, staying mm-hmm. on top of music is difficult, especially if it's not, you know, what you do 24 seven, right. If you have other responsibilities as you grow and you mature in your life, maybe it takes you and other distractions take place. You get a family, you know, maybe you can't, you know, pay the bills, just DJing. So you're forced to take other gigs doing whatever, um, you know, learning what's what's hip what you know what people are liking so that was a great way for me to get an early education to listen to free music where i couldn't afford to buy all the cds i mean don't get me wrong i fell for the you know the first 10 for one penny you know and uh i'm sure that hit my credit at some point in time hopefully that's cleared up but we all fell for that that scam remember that it was like oh man I had like I had like seventeen different names. Uh, I was using like presidential candidates when I was like thirteen. Bill Clinton. And then you, Bill Clinton Molina. You'd get those letters like them threatening litigation, and I'm like, do I tell my parents? And then next thing I know, my parents are doing the same thing using my name. <laughs> I mean, listen, I need, I you know, I borrowed my mom's name, made up fake names. You know, you're like, oh, for a penny, or you know, you had this pipe dream that you'd be able to afford the subscription. I could barely afford rent or beer money, right? But I don't know what I thought I was gonna do with this CD subscription, but uh. You know, you did what you had to do. I mean, yeah. What are you What are you doing, giving uh, CDs away for a penny? That's on you. Yeah, I, you know? I don't feel bad. Yeah. I don't. Feel, what I kind of business to... model is that? It's the same way with Netflix. Like you know, early on when they would just let those you know green cards, uh, the green dot cards or whatever you know, like, and you could you could get them and people weren't returning them. I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys are basically putting out these movies for free. I, you know, I can't I can't help you that somebody you know, grabbed it, burned it. And I got me, myself a copy. So that's how we, we would trade, you know, or I would buy, you know, I'd have five CDs and my boy would have a couple CDs and we'd be like, all right, let's burn them. And we would share, you know? Yep. Um, and that was, you know, uh, that was a big part was like, all right, what are you listening to? What do you have? What do you like? And then, um, you know, what are you mixing that with? So, and, and again, like I said, being back in that record store, it was, you know, the nostalgia around it. Uh, there's something, you know, there's something to the smell of a brand new vinyl when you open it up, you know, uh, also almost wanting to kill yourself, not understanding how to get this CD out of the package without breaking it or cracking it. That was a whole Dude. other skill set. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the first couple of times I am. I thought I was the only one. Honestly, no, the first not. couple of times I, I think I didn't even own a CD. I saw I saw my uncle had like a stack of CDs and I always had cassettes. CDs were kind of new at the time. And I'm like, what? I want to see what one looks like. And I couldn't open it. And when I went to open it, I like broke it, cracked it. That little hinge thing yeah. came off. And I, I, I'm trying to like put it back and it's just, not locking in the place. So I just kind of buried wrapper, it behind. Man, just the plastic wrapper. I remember they got me too, where I, I bought in like a mail-in. They're like, easy, open your CDs. Like, cause at the, re- you know, at the record store, you would when you would like have a demo cd you would have like a it was almost like a mail opener you know what i mean like when you would open up mail like a little knife and even with those things i would struggle you know and or you would accidentally crack a case and be like oh this one's cracked we can't sell that you know and it was believable because you had to have like a it was literally like a superhuman power to be able to get the plastic off not crack the case and then open it and you know god forbid it was a double cd right that had two cds in it you were really you know sol you were definitely breaking one of those so Dude, forget money about wasted, it. bro. Money wasted. That was, that, 
That's a done deal. Hey, so one thing that you 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 mentioned a particular word here that kind of struck me um, that I like is you you know education, and it's not necessarily you said music education. You know, working at that record store, and, and that is that is spot on. So anybody who is is aspiring to be a DJ, uh, there's nothing wrong. You know, when when you have your type or taste of music and you kind of just stick with that um but really if you want to broaden your horizon and, and just grow uh as a dj that that's something i think is is crucial and i remember one of the first gigs i, I used to do gigs originally for free i'd go around hey i people are having a party I'd be like dude do you need yeah, a dj let me, let and they're always like for you just please they're like i can't afford one i'm like uh bro no i got yep. you and then they're already looking at me weird because they're like well if you're doing it for free what's the catch right and so you're like i um, suck that's the I was, catch <laughs> <laughs> basically basically and um so i went uh this guy i said he'd pay me a hundred bucks uh to dj his uh set his daughter was turning 17 it was her birthday and i i was like okay run it a hundred bucks and it was all the way see i i live out in you know the lombard area and this was all the way in like uh um uh, far far south um um by like toyota center okay. right and so i go out there and I set everything up and I, I really never did a, a, a gig like that before where I was getting paid. So I was already kind of stressed out. And uh, um, I just stuck with what I know. I, I threw on like some do or die. <laughs> <laughs> and this like 13 year old birthday party. You're like, yeah, it was <laughs> 17. But uh, they, they were uh, a Mexican family. So, dude, uh, they were all just like looking at me. All these little teeny boppers looking at me weird. I, I started like getting super nervous i was having kind of a panic attack and she came down and brought me a stack of cds and it was just basically all these reggaeton she's like pay some aventura right now <laughs> so basically yeah that's what i did i uh for like four hours i played all her cds they were all you know how teeny it was in the basement yep. right uh the parents stayed and all these kids are jacking on each other um it was it was hilarious you know kind of kind of um brought me brought me back to uh uh memory lane you know a little bit but you um, you'll play that slow jam my girl likes that <laughs> it, but you know what no um what i'm getting at is that was like uh eye-opening moment for me right that's when i was like wow well, so embarrassed uh but you know we're not without a hitch kind of the girl gave me her cds and as long as they had some big speakers pounding with a guy pretending like he knew what he was doing behind sure. the table um you know it was good but i was like wow i do not want to be caught like that again off guard and i wasn't even prepared for that so that really taught me taught me a well, lesson it teaches you to ask questions uh, right i mean like now when you're a dj dude. like you know and you're trying to set up a set up a party like you know you you have to ask them like what are you into like what, what do you want your playlist to be like what kind of vibe do you want and um you, whether you like it or not you gotta you know you, sometimes you're gonna get to play some some bangers that you like and other times you know, it's just let me upload these songs and make sure, you know, the BPM matches and that I got a smooth transition and that's it. Right. And you're good. So <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> and you never don't no, no fail on that. Right. No fail. On that. I, that's not that. I'm just I'm quoting Michael Scott. I understand. I understand. You know, maybe, uh, maybe um, my real name should be, you know, DJ never fail. You know, always. On time. Uh, that, that would work, too. But. But listen, you, got, you, you know, got everybody's answer. doing that's that. Everybody's doing that alter ego thing now. So you could be. Uh, you know, have two different DJ names, uh, drop two separate kinds of albums. Who knows? I mean, you know, whatever, whatever pro provokes uh, creativity. I like the rap battle. Maybe so, I should just rap battle myself because I kind of at this stage anyway feel like that's all I do is argue with myself. So, dude, look at what Warren G. <laughs> he used to rap and DJ. You know what I'm saying? So why not? You Anything's know, possible, ladies and gentlemen. It's America. <laughs> so, so Amber, let me ask you. Um, 
what is like your first memory of when you knew you fell in love with music and then how did that affect you moving forward? Like, you know, we all hear music, but when you were like, I love music. Yeah, you know, so very like early on in my life. So I've got a, um, a saying tattooed on me that says where words fail, music speaks. And um, that's resonated with me my entire life. You know, my family had us young. So my aunt and uncles were in their late teens, early 20s, and, and 80s rock was like a staple for them, right? But my mom loved country jams, and uh, my dad was like old, kind, old time rock. And I just remember like seeing again, you know, not to be repetitive, but like how I, I could always tell what was, you know, what kind of mood my mom was in because of what she was playing in the kitchen while she was cooking or cleaning. Right. And, uh, right. and so, you know, that, that really resonated with me. And, um, but you know, I was in a, like anybody else, I was an emotional teen. Right. So, um, growing up in, you know, I didn't have the worst of childhood. I didn't have the best, you know, I had mine and, you know, everybody's own worst is their own worst. And, you know, I needed to find a healthy way to, um, wrangle in my emotions and, um, although I like to talk now and I never shut the fuck up, that wasn't always the, the situation when I was younger. So I would always look for a song that could, you know, um, say what I was feeling, you know? So in the, so early on lyrics were more important to me than the beat. Um, now it's kind of switched a little bit where I've got to really feel the beat, you know, and then I can kind of write the lyrics, you know, the beat kind of comes first or maybe, you know, right. maybe I'll have a line or two in my head that I'll have lyrics for, and then I can build a beat around that. But that's really just kind of what it was, is that music was it really early in my childhood. It, it became a voice. I mean, like anybody else, you know, I think probably one of the most influential people on for me was Eminem. Um, he just was like, you know, it was a new level of rap that was kind of me coming into age. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be listening to it, you know, so I, I really love I really love mm -hmm. that. Um, and I love, though, that he incorporated and like, you know, even Puff Daddy did it. Uh, people want to talk, you know, a lot of a lot of shit about that guy. But, you know, he sampled in a lot of older music into, you know, um, into the into his into his beats and his raps. Um, and, you know, now we see it all the time. Right. Like I'll hear an intro to a new song and I'll be like, wait a minute. And I know two or three songs that have that same you know, have that same thing where, you know, now I've, I've had generations of music underneath my belt. But, you know, let's, you know, rewind to 20 years ago, you know, 25 years ago when I really started paying attention to music composition and, you know, really trying to feel the music out, um, hearing that, you know, it was my parents' music and my family members' music being mixed into the music I was listening to. It tripped me out in a good way. And I was like, Damn. you know, that's mm -hmm. when I really understood, like, you could you could reinvent something. Um, so I, that, that was really kind of how it moved me forward. I said, well, I want to do that. You know, I want to, I want, I want to do that. How did you do that? Um, you know, and, and we were lucky enough that, you know, kind of getting us into like, you know, some of the DJs in, in, in the Chicagoland area, we had some, you know, you want to talk about East coast, West coast rap. Let's talk about the, the DJs that were in the Midwest, you know, um, and we like the DJs in the Midwest were badass. You know, they were really, uh, that underground scene here you know, in the, in the, in the early eighties, you know, bad boy, Bill, who, you know, um, my mom actually like babysitted for some in his family, you know, and, um, Julian jumping Perez and that whole crew. I mean, those guys were doing things back then, you know? Um, and, and they were doing, they were, they were really, you know, mixing music that you wouldn't normally hear mixed and doing it on their time, right. and, you know, at their speed. Right. So that was really, you know, what really kind of moved me forward. I was like, yeah, I can I can speak without having to actually use my my words and there's something out there that's going to 
be able to um, relate to not only me, but to, you know, my friends and, and, and friends, like you said earlier, like maybe everybody wasn't feeling you, you know, sometimes you choose your friends because of your music crowd. Right. I mean, um, if, if, if you kind of looked at it, you know, even now, like, when, even when I was dating somebody, like if they weren't really into the music I was into, I was like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. Right. Cause it was just such a passion for me. So um, yeah, that, that really kind of sculpted, you know, my love for it and how I wanted to go forward with it for sure. You know, um, you said um, uh, about Puff Daddy, you know, um, it's funny um, because one is I originally was one of those haters uh, like, oh, what's this guy doing, Sam? He can't come up with anything original. And even though and while I'm saying that, I'm like dancing to one of the songs, too, right? (laughs) I'm one of those guys. But then, right, as as time progresses, you gain an appreciation for that and then really get an understanding of what because you know what? It was different. And I was one of those guys, uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know this, but no, nah, man, be open, right? Um, I think that's what just makes a great musician, DJ, you know, again, anybody who's an enthusiast. And it's funny because with, again, those DJs you were talking about, Bad Boy Bill, June Jump Press. So I grew up um, at a very young age listening to house music all the time, religiously. Sure. And uh, spend money on mixtapes. Uh, so my parents, my parents then always would, you know, hear, and they'd always all your music is doom, 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 doom. And that's all I played. So, you know, um, they, they would hear it, um, you know, inadvertently. And there would be times where my mom would come and be like, you know, what they're saying there is sampled from an old song from whenever she listened, yeah. you know, when yeah. she was my age. And I'm like, and I'm like, what? That I, I didn't know that. And then, and then here, here she was mentioning that. And because I didn't know that it was sampled, I liked it. But when I knew it was sampled, I was hating on it. But um, it was just funny that... Um, you know, you had said that and I was I was one of those haters. But that is awesome when you when you when you can do that sampling, especially when you get more into like house music. I mean, that stuff is crucial, especially when you can get the right sample, something that's kind of obscure, but sounds good. And I mean, there's a lot of DJs who have still produced or have gone on to producing or still do both. And, and you know, Bad Boy Bill's one of one of those dudes. And then uh, you also said about sometimes, you know, you choose your friends according to, you know, music tastes and or you drift apart in friendships or, you know, there's always like the core yep. there, but you know, I, yeah, I mean, I have friends that were like really, really, really into metal and we were cool, but like, I just, I couldn't vibe vibe with you like that. But um, I mean, it, it, um, it, I have, it, it literally chooses your, like the way you dress, the way you act. I mean, yes. people don't understand like music is the springboard for, for culture, for, you know, uh, for genres far beyond just the music in itself, right? I mean, it creates lifestyles. It creates, um, oh, and, my it's, goodness. And, and that's the thing I think that that when I say music speaks to me, and it, it doesn't need words. I mean, look at how many artists have sprung word into fashion and other things, but they use music oh. as their platform. You know, like, and when we talk about you know like those samples, like we can't forget the original, right? Mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice, doom 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 da da doom doom. Oh, I, I was a, I was a, I was a fan. <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't know. I didn't know that was. He did it. You know, it wasn't that bad, and it was a few keys off. I think it was a song "Under Pressure." Doom, 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 da, 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 da. Under pressure. From from Queen, right? But it was, you know, but and you know, he brought into that style, and then like you know, you know, Puff Daddy had a style, and then you know, you had like Fubu, and then Jay Z's got his brand, and then you know, um, there's just it's just so much too. But like you, you couldn't, you know, the heavy metal guys that I would hang out with they would definitely dress the way that their band members dressed. And, you know, when I would, when I would look at, you know, TLC or, you know, when I was looking at salt and pepper 
or, you know, even like, you know, DJ Psycho Bitch, she was an early DJ that was a female that I was really into. I would look at her style and be like, well, I want to vibe like that, you know? So it was, it was more than even just the music. It was, it was how they presented themselves. You know, what was cool out in the world? Oh, Run DMC's got those shell toes and those big chains. Like, that's what I want. I want, I want. Oh man, I, I had a pair of shell toes. You know what I actually got right now? Super throwback. Uh, I bought for myself last December. Is I got a pair of ah! British knights, all all white, um, with a quilted pattern, and I got thick thick white laces in them. See, I, I, thick laces was always a that's, favorite that's of mine. Thick, back hey, then. listen, I've been on the market. Little plug here. If anybody knows where I can get some uh, some Reebok pump ups, you know I don't. I'm not a big Reebok fan, but I will take. A pair of Reebok pump ups. Hey, I've, I've I've looked them up. Um, they're they're very expensive. I mean, because no one wants to use. A lot of them are used out there. Yeah. Uh, even 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 in pretty good condition. But I ain't trying to do all that. But you can get some new ones. But you're probably looking in like the three fifty to like five fifty oh, we'll range. Well, work man. for food. So y'all want to trade <laughs> for some Reebok pump ups? Let me know. You know, hit me up. <laughs> so so tell me, um, kind of just going along, um here uh with, with with the conversation we're having now is tell me a little bit like your your first introduction or interaction with I mean, dj again like you know bad boy bill um you know was a famous dj around when i was a kid um my first like real introduction to being someplace so you know the one of the things you know by the way june happy pride month y'all so glad to be doing it in june kicking this off with you but when, you know, in the, in the city, you could get into gay clubs a lot easier than you could get into straight clubs underage. So I would have never known that. You know, it, was, it was a safe haven, right? So as long as you kind of had an ID right. and you just, you know, you kind of look like you had a cool vibe, like you could get in. And my friend was doing an after hour spot at a, a club called uh, The Royal in Chicago. Uh, her name was Beth. She was a great friend of mine. I think her name now is just Beth. She's out in Cali. But um, so a little shout out to her. But, uh, you know, I had just turned like, you know, I was just turning 17. I was only 16. And, you know, she was like, yeah, come on in. You know, you can assist me basically holding her records and, and you know, just helping her switch out, you know, not even really touching the tables. And I got into this club and just, you know, here I am where I'm the stage and people just love the DJ. And man, that was all it took was for one time for me to be at this club and just feel the energy from that crowd. Right. And I mean, part of it was I wasn't supposed to be there. Right. So, you know, there was the thrill of that on top of it. But man, yeah. man, I was hooked. And after that, it was like, same thing with you. I was like, let me do your, you know, basic party for free. Um, you know, my, I, I worked, uh, I was slinging insurance, like health and life insurance at like 19. And, you know, the owners of my company own the Satisfied Frog in West Chicago. Uh, I know a couple of our local guys that have, have uh, DJed there. And there was a bar right next door. It's called Avalanche. And they would let me do some stuff there. So I didn't care. Like, I didn't care what it looked like. I didn't care what the scene was. It just let me, you know, just let me learn. Um, but yeah, that was really it. And then, you know, um, those clubs downtown, I was just getting into them underage, but I was getting to see something that was well beyond my, well beyond my years, you know? Um, and it just, it sucked me in. I mean, not, it's, you people dream of being a rock star, right? And it happens for so little people, but the, it's like a drug to be a DJ, right? Mm. When you, when you have a good set, and you just, everyone is dancing and they want to karaoke and they're just, you know, they don't leave the, the dance floor for four or five songs in a row. And you oh. see them just fist pumping or just, you know, beating the beat as us Dagos like to call it. You know what I mean? And you're just like, and yeah, it's just, the, the Jersey, the Jersey short and fist I am pump. not ashamed to say all day long, baby. So DJ Paul, yeah. he definitely is doing big things these days, but um, 
you know, you, you just, you cannot, you're addicted to it. It's, and you didn't, you didn't care, you know, if it, like you said, you did it for a hundred bucks and you were nervous. Right. And it was more, so a learning experience, right. Yeah. Sometimes you did it for free. So that was just really good to just see that people, and listen, you could be ugly too. Let me just throw this out there for all you people that are fives and sixes, learn how to DJ. You gain a few points. Okay. You can have, oh, wow. <laughs> you can get some really good looking ass by just learning how to play some music. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it though. I've, I've seen, seen it. Fives walk out with tens because they were a good DJ, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, he must. Yeah, we're walking out, and I'm like, that must be the I'm DJ. Like, that dude is their chick is definitely DJing for sure because there's no way that five is walking out with that ten. And I could tell because he's got head headphone hair, so I was like, yo, that's, that's it. That's or you it. know, one of the, one side of the hat's bent up because you know he's got the he's got the headphones on or she's got the headphones on, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, that was the other thing. Like, listen, you know, uh, you know, uh, happily married now, but let me tell you, uh, it is a free pass to ass if you are a DJ uh, <laughs> and even ugly one at that. People people love love you because they want you to play their song, and it's cool to know the DJ. So, kids, if you're a five, work hard, study. Music, you will get ass. I promise you, it will come. <laughs> Sorry, that's my public. That's my public you know, announcement. For <laughs> you know, I'd, I, I really, I, I'd really like to um, say thank you. Uh, you know, for sharing that because uh, I, I like. That's one thing I like to ask. One, one, I didn't even have to ask you, but I like to ask other DJs. Hey, you know, what, what, what advice do you have? What can you share? What insight? What positive message could you put out there for you know? Uh, anyone who wants to learn and you know it, it's everything other than what you said and i think uh um uh, that's a better incentive right uh when you can um you know get, get a hookup for the night uh being a, a five well, or a six also good to be friends with the dj uh, listen you know all joking aside too people have this people have you better believe you. it you know you walk in and you're you know you're not like this you're not you're not the bartender you're not the the waitress you know you're the one that's like the entertainment you know what I mean? Like people pay in, to, they're paying a cover sometimes to come in and see you. So there's a level of, of, of you know, of, uh, I don't have the right word for it, but like, you know, there's a, you're a star for a little bit, you know, you get to escape whatever your other, you know, situation may be. And listen, it's hard to DJ. I know there's a lot of misconceptions out there these days that if you're not on, you know, some old, you know, belt driven or direct drive, you know, uh, turntables and that you're on the electronic version now, that you're not a real DJ man, squash that right now, because I'll tell you, one of the hardest things to do right now is to keep up with the technology. Um, you know, you, if, you're, yes. if you're not, if you're not learning and trying to be plugged every single day, you know, I've got one buddy that I call all the time. And I'm like, dude, why is this not working? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, uh, I started out on, you know, Acid Pro, which, you know, kicked off in 1998, just with like one little small keyboard making samples, you know, and now you've got so many different things out there, you know, that uh the different programs that you know people can use and so it takes some brains you know what i mean and 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 to to sit down and have the patience to do that and to be able to mix so it's a lot more than just hitting some buttons so you know i've got a lot of respect and i think people you know are starting to learn that um it's an art form it truly is it really is so that's another thing if you can learn it man you get a lot of respect from a lot of people that are in the bar you're always gonna have your naysayers and i'm like yeah go ahead dude come up here try it Show me what you can do. It's you figure it's, it, out. <laughs> it, it 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 truly is it truly is an art form, and that's something that I I um, think is important, especially again going back to younger or just aspiring DJs or just a DJ who maybe he's been doing it for a while and feels stuck because 
you know, he feels that there's these barriers in terms of, oh, I'm not on vinyl or, yeah. you know, they say if you don't use Serato. And you know what? One is it, it absolutely is in that form because, you know, you, whatever you're using, whether it's whether it's uh, vinyl, controllers, CDJs, it's, it's basically a blank canvas because you can have the same tools in two different people and, and, and it's going to the sounds going to come out way different. Wow. What, whether it be music selection, the way they're blended, even the use of sound effects. Now, sometimes that's one thing, you know, there are DJs that are super, super sound effect heavy. It's wah, wah, like, wah. Dude, this isn't a Halloween <laughs> tape. Yeah. You know, I get it. I, I get it. there's times where that's necessary. I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying when every transition or a um, few minutes, you're just using weird, you know, but teach their own. But again, some can use all that and make it sound good. So that goes to my next point is, you know, the, the end product, whatever's coming out. If it sounds good, man, and people are dancing and everybody's happy and you're having fun and, and more so feeling fulfilled and satisfied, dude, why not? I mean, I've, I've seen um, uh, people DJ with, you know, very little. Uh, one guy interviewed only had one turntable for a while. So he yeah. had a mixer and like one turntable and he somehow figured it out. Um, which when he did get something with all the bells and whistles, I mean, it was a walk in the park, but, you know, kind of having limited resources kind of helps you get, get better, you know, working with very, very little at first. So I, I, you know, that, that is so true. I mean, and the technology makes it easier. Why, if I'm going to do a gig, I can fit, you know, 10, 12, 20 songs uh, on an external hard drive or what, or am I going to carry, you know, all these crates of uh, records or even books of CDs. Fabulous. I mean, really, a workout. Like, you know, if someone said, you know, did you work out today? You're like, yeah, Dude. I carried my coffins, my 15 crates, you know, this and that and whatever else. And, you know, my, the biggest thing that I have to say to, to naysayers is, well, what did you create today? You know what I mean? Like, what did you do to, to use your left side of your brain? You know, what kind of music did you make? What did you put yourself out there? What did you do? And the answer is normally nothing. So, so let, let, let me ask you this. Do you remember I did a, a wedding a couple years back uh, for one of your family members? And remember, I threw my back out while I was saying, yeah, I up? think it was. My, yeah, I think it was my cousin. It was um, in um, in downtown St. Charles. Yeah, St. Charles. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. And I had a, not only did I have the finish. It was raining. Up, remember, we were rushing your uh, equipment. That, from yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then had the DJ and then take it all home and then, you know, unload it from my car. It was actually, you know what, uh, Amber, I ended up, I took like three days off of work and went to see a doctor after that. Listen, it, was, I, it was bad. <laughs> I usually, I usually, I, helper, I think but, I know. was supposed to be your helper, but we, we know when Amber gets a little tipsy, I helped on the mic, meaning that I was self-serving and, you know, did the intros and stuff. And I don't, I don't know uh, how much I helped you with the, the reloading, but uh, yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. It was like, and they only gave us like 20 minutes to set up too. Remember it was like, we had to rush, rush, get it done and bring it up the back of those stairs. Yeah. The things you do for, you know, friends and family. So it, it was a challenge. And I mean, you know, there's, it, it's different when you're in a club or a bar where sure. you have a residency. Cause most of the time everything's already there and you just show up. But you know, for those mobile DJs, man, I really, I really appreciate all the hard work. Cause uh, uh, man, it's, 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 it's tough, man. You know, if you're doing an event, you got to load your car. Make sure you, you know, got extra cables. God forbid something's not working. You get it set up. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had instant, I've twice I've had to turn around half, uh, half, halfway to an event because I knew I forgot to grab a cable. Or I had to go to uh, uh, closest Best Buy to get something yeah. paid. You know, cost you. Right. Uh, You're like, a ton of money. Gig for an extra I'm, cable. So. <laughs> so talking about kind of mishaps like that, 
what has been like the most challenging aspect of DJ for you, either that you overcome or something that you're still, still to this day trying to just, you know, learn how to do. I mean, I think the most challenging thing for me is to stay up on all of the music. And then again, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that's really right. So I find myself wanting to go back to my comfort zone. It's like anything else, you know, I'm like, man, I want to do what makes me feel good. So, you know, I'll get in a mood and I'm like, Oh, I love playing this one. You know, I love the mix on this. I love how the bass drops on this. And I will not spend as much time researching new music um, just because life has gotten in the way. So I think that's been the most challenging is, you know, no one wants to be when someone asks you to like mix in a song or they want to they you know want you to play a song and you don't know that song well enough to know, like, well, how am I going to transition that with actually, right. just, you know, a complete mm-hmm. fade out and then, you know, fade to nothing and then a, a quick intro. Right. Like. And, and being Johnny on the spot with it when, you know, I, I would say when I worked less hours and, you know, when I didn't have another career, you know, I would just sit and listen to music for three, four hours a day. I would be in the radio and I would just stay in the car sometimes. And, you know, whoever I was with at the time would be like, you've been out there for an hour. What have you been doing? I'm like, well, I was just listening to music because I would hear something or I would listen to other, you know, a lot of people have gotten away from it because now they, they use their own, you know, their iPad or their own mix, you know, through these, through these stations. But if you remember like, you know, you used to like have like on Fridays and Saturday nights on your drive home, you would have a DJ. Yeah. You have a DJ that was doing a set. Right. So you, you know, I would not necessarily want to steal what they were doing, but I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I can, I can borrow that or I can, you know, I can, I can use that to fill this. So, you know, the most challenging thing for me is I don't have that same amount of time anymore um, to be able to do that. And it also seems like every time I'm coming out, you know, every time you replace your, your, your gear, you know, it's like a computer these days, you know, a year later, your stuff is like, it's like, okay, that's not even, you know, it anymore. Um, It's not compatible. It's not compatible. I had to. It's only in Ukraine. You know, my, I can sell it overseas and they're like, yeah, buddy, I love it. I'll come get it. But like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, just recently I had to upgrade my speakers and, you know, it's not cheap. It's like by the time you're done, it's like 1500 bucks, two grand for a new set of speakers because now, you know, the interface that I'm using and, you know, the, the Apple computer that I upgraded to, it's just too much for the old school speakers that I have. Yeah. And, you know, you want to kind of keep yeah. that nostalgia look. Um, but listen, those blown speakers, boy, I put those in the alley and in the shy. Those things didn't last five minutes. I literally, by the time the garage door was down, somebody already scooped them up. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, man. The scavengers. The scavengers. I remember those uh, Friday and Saturday night best. mixes. Um, you know, for a while, um, you know, even when, when, when you know, there was dial-up, so it's not like you could just, you know, stream stuff online or, you know, the smartphones yeah. were as advanced as they were. And, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd stay up but I, or even going out. And they're like, dude, you're 30 minutes late. I was like, no, I got here 30 minutes ago. But, dude, DJ was sitting there. I didn't want to get off the car. Like, I would, like, get off the phone. People would be like, oh, bad connection. Just because I'd be like, oh, I want to hear this song, you know? And, like, and that's, and, and so that's, I right. mean, you know, I think that's just been, you know, the hardest thing is. And then staying current to it, like you said, it is time consuming. You get caught up in life. And, you know, I, 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 I was doing a um, uh, party not too long ago. And, you know, somebody asked for me to play somebody and I was like who's who's that and um it was the one of the NBA young boys never bro- there's like three or four different NBA guys never broke never broke again and so I was like whoa but when I, I didn't know a song I would 
search for it, download it, play it, and they all had their own little dances to it. All these little teeny bobbers came out of nowhere. So again, right, like you said, the education aspect, I started taking note and actually created a folder. It's a uh, uh, teenager uh, rap music. I think AKA I just Bumble put a generic tag on the folder. <laughs> but whatever they were asking for that I had never heard of, I, I took notes. So that, and then you know what it is. And, and that's what happens when you have a platform like a, a Spotify or a title because it'll give you related artists. Yeah. And that's pretty much what those kids are going to, you know, it, it goes in uniform. So it, it, it really helps. And you do got to pay attention to, 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 the, to that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, it does grow on me. Like right now, I, I didn't care for it when they were playing. I'm like, what's this? You know, some of it grows on me, you know, some of it is just a good beat or the lyrics are on point if they just didn't mumble it. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. You know, if you're dancing, I'm happy. You're paying me. Yeah, you good. Know, the one thing that I've <laughs> you know really, I mean? um, come to, like, really have a new appreciation for is conscious rap. And, um, you know, the I, I'm, I'm on this new guy called D Smoke. If you don't know about him, check him out. And he just did a. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, Take a note. Um, check out his performance called Last Supper. Uh, he was on the rhythm and flow with Chance and uh, Ti and Cardi, uh, Cardi B. It was, and I actually really, 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 really liked the show. I didn't think I thought it was going to be cheesy, another one of these things, but there were some dope artists on there. But um, I want you to check this dude out, you guys out there listening. Um, if nothing else, this guy is like, first of all, he's just lyrically. I, I honestly think he's better than Kendrick Lamar. I'm going to get a lot of heat for that comment, but um, the reason saying is that you know his conscious rap is just on a whole new level. Um, and uh but he he writes he plays like five instruments produces uh and it was great and i love him but then i heard something recently that he just did a collab with um with snoop dogg and, I, and you could barely hear it because it was just too much going on in the background and i was like the the lyrics were okay oh, wow. and you ruined it you know so you know you, you hear that too you know you, i think i don't know about you but when i hear music i'm i'm a lot more critical like i'll listen to a song 10 times in a row and it'll be a different experience for me 10 times because I'm like, all right, I want to find the snare. Let me hear the snare. I want, okay, I want to hear the hi-hat. Agreed. Let me hear the hi-hat. Okay, I want to hear the bass. Let me hear the bass. All right, I want, you know, so for me, you know, that's, I think, another thing that made me, you know, uh, love DJing was the the songs, no matter how much I played them, sometimes they never got old. Someone's like, man, I'm tired of hearing the same song on the radio. But I'm like, well, I've only heard it three times. You know what I mean? Because I was concentrated on breaking that down and how I could mix that. So, yeah, I mean, again, just trying to understand this new music that's come out, but, you know, check that stuff out. That's pretty hot banger right now. Um, but, yeah, let's, you know, stay educated. So any any tips you got? Maybe I'm going to have to start making my own folder called, what you call it, Teenage, TJ, TJ, teenage Hits? So Yeah, yeah like, like Teenage Rap Music or something to, to 2019. It was like last summer uh, when when I did did that. But, uh, yeah, even the Mexican. You know, I am Latino, you know, and I and I, I play a variety of music and I love all music, you know, especially, you know, reggaeton, bachata, even cumbia, all that stuff. But what I, I don't know at all is uh, like that yeah. Norteño, Duranguense, Banda. Ay, ay, ay. And uh, I've had a <laughs> couple, I stay away from those gigs. Yeah, you know, not in the tone because I don't know that music. So that's the other thing that I tell people is, you know, I'm not, one, not to sound, you know, conceited or, or bougie, but the main thing is that if I know I'm going to do you a disservice, yeah. I'm not going to take on a gig. Uh, you know, um, I would refer you to somebody. Maybe, uh, you know, I got a you know a variety of, of, of buddies that I could refer you to, but I, I would do a disservice. And also sometimes um, in, for, if it's not going to be fun, if I know I'm not going to absolutely enjoy myself, I mean, I do need to make money. And sometimes there are compromises that you, you make, but you know, somebody will ask, and I know it's not a good vibe. You know, I'm, I'm talking to him about a booking, and I just know it's going to be 
like hell. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm booked yeah, that day. Can... I'm sorry. Boom. <laughs> you know, Christ, but, but, but it's true. You, you just, that's the worst is when you, and I've seen good DJs in just the wrong environment and it's, it's listen, just it's the, the crash and burn, you know? I think if you enjoy what you're doing, you know, to kind of put a bow on things, if you are passionate and you are enjoying it, you're going to just put out a better product. I'm, I'm, uh, you, maybe you could tell from my, my, my picture that you posted, but I'm, I'm tatted up a lot. Uh, I've probably got, you know, 60 plus hours, 70 hours, almost tatted on my body. And, um, you know, and I, and I had to come, I mean, and some of them were mistakes and, you know, they're nicely covered up now, but if, it's the same thing with tattoo artists. If they're not going to enjoy the piece that they're working on doing it, like sometimes they just have to do it because they got to keep the lights on. Right. But if you can find an artist that's really into the right. dope piece of work that he's going to do on your body, you know, it's just going to turn out, you know, a, a way better product. And the same thing is for people that paint or draw or, you know, create whatever your art is, if you like that. So I get it. Sometimes, you know, you got to keep the lights on. And you got to do that, but there's nothing wrong with just saying, you know, a, you know, you got to cop out to say, I'm already, you know, booked. That's great. But if you can, you know, politely just say, Hey, listen, I want you to have the best experience. I would be, I'm so much more respectful of that than somebody just giving me a subpar product. Uh, because, you know, again, especially music, man, it's important. That's why the DJ is always one of the very most important things in a wedding, because it sets the tone to that mood. And a wedding is all about your feelings, right? You're in your feelings. You're in the moment you want to, you want to remember it. People always remember if it was a shitty DJ or with shitty food or if they had to pay for the bar, right? So, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you better believe love, it. love what you do and you're always going to put out a really good product. So tell me about Acid Pro because you mentioned that and I'm like, I heard of it. I don't know. And I, I might, should say I'm embarrassed, you know, being, a, I, I like to call myself a seasoned DJ and not really know much about it. So th oh, this is also a boom part of that Bro, education listen, part. That, so that tell came me, out tell like me. 98. Um, my boy Hector Guerrero was working uh, at, a, at a, we'll just call it at a, a, a supply store for, uh, I want to bust it out for, uh, you know, equipment and all that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, he hooked it up, you know, he was, right he was on. running the show. So he was like my sole provider. And he was like, Hey, I got this, you know, this free license, you know, you can use it, whatever, have fun with it. And it basically would allow you to just like, it was a really, I don't say dumbed down version because a lot of good music was created on it, but it was, it, you know, you it worked right into my PC at the time. I had like a Sony computer at that time. Sony was like the best competitor for like Apple, right. As far as like a PC went. And so it was okay. like, I had that and he hooked me up with like, you know, I didn't even have, uh, I had, I did have, you know, two, they were, um, uh, they were uh, Gemini's, but I had this like a uh, little mini MIDI board that he hooked me up with. Right. And, and it would just, it downloaded, like, I only had like a thousand sounds in it, different sounds. Right. So I was definitely overplaying the, uh, you know, the police sirens and the wah, 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 you know, and the DJ, DJ Sparkles <laughs> in the house, you know, so you could preload it. Um, but it, but what it did was, is it was a program that like would let you, you know, lay, I mean, you literally would layer it down. You would just, you know, be like, you'll it'd be like one fourth, you know, four sixteenth. Like you would set your, you know, it had a metrodome and it, you would set your, you know, however you wanted it to be. And then, you know, you would just be like, okay, I'm just going to do the drums. Doof, 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 doof. And then I'm adding the hi-hat. Okay. And you would just layer it on. So, you know, it wasn't, it taught me a lot about rhythms and about, you know, um, beats per minute. Right. And that was really, it, it wasn't, it was something that I mm -hmm. could learn quick and I could just get on and, you know, make a few couple beats. And then, you know, I would just have, cause me and my friends, you know, I mean, you, you've known me a long time. You get a little bit of, a little bit of drink in me, you know, we start to party a little bit. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm the girl version of, you know, I'm a white M&M, 
right? So, so, um, but that's oh, you really, believe what it. really started it too was, you know, Acid Pro allowed me to just have the, the, the beats with no lyrics. You know, I didn't want to mix uh, music. I wanted to mix just beats. I wanted to make right. just beats. You know, some of the early people that I loved was, you know, I loved, um, I loved Alice DJ and Cascada and all them, but I wanted stuff that just had, you know, something that I could make a rap beat to, something that I could just flow more of my own production. And more, more was, your own production. Simple right. enough that I could just plug and play. So, yeah, but that was like right. It was literally, I think, like '98 that that stuff came out. And then obviously, you know, now take your pick. You know, you've got you know so many different programs to choose from. Um, you know, I mean, hell, it was. I mm-hmm. think Apple's GarageBand is probably just as equal to what Acid Pro was, but it was free, bro. It was the best price out there. It was. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty impressed with the GarageBand. I mean, you know, it's it's proprietary, and you obviously have to have an Apple product uh, uh, to use it. Which is, you know, I've talked to a few people who've actually made yeah. the switch just for GarageBand, uh, just just to give you know an idea on uh, really how how well it works. I've messed with it a little bit, like an iPad, just. You know, kind of for fun. I've never used it uh, in in anything that that I've you know. I used think it gives people a good intro, like, like that, you know, so. anything like okay. any of these little beat pads too. Like you know, you can download little like drum pads and stuff now for apps. And I think what it what it did was it took a lot of people who mm-hmm. were intimidated, you know, or didn't have the money. You know, like you want to go get set up like a real setup. Like you know, if you come to my house and look at my studio, I mean, it's thousands upon thousands and thousands of dollars a year, right? And not everybody has that type of money, right? Especially for something that they don't know they're going to be good at or they're going to like or that they just want to spend on a hobby. And Apple's brilliant, man. You know, I mean, obviously we know why mm-hmm. certain, you know, artists have plugged up with them is they really made it accessible to what I would just say the average Joe that's like, man, let me try to get into this, right? Um, and that's cool. That's cool. You know, I don't care even if it's a shitty beat and it sounds like crap. I'm like, you did something, you tried. So they nailed it. Just like everything else, they made it user-friendly. And, um, you know, my, my niece can get on there and, you know, at 10 years old and she can make a little track that her and her friends can, you know, sing along to and, you know, say how, make fun of me and tell me how I'm old and I suck and that's okay. But at least she's, you know, she's making music. So that's all that matters. That absolutely right. So now, uh, you know, as we kind of wind things down here, one of the things that I didn't have a chance to do, you know, with other DJs that I interviewed, you know, we obviously stick to the topic, um, you know, subject matter of DJing and music. Um, but it's just kind of getting getting to know a more personal aspect of, of the DJ. Uh, you know, I talked, you know, a little bit earlier about that, how, you know, uh, we all have some weird, quirky things or just things that are interest that, you know, you learn something that you like, and you're like, whoa, that, that does, wouldn't fit the personality yeah. of a DJ. But, you know, I mean, what re- what really does? So I know one of the questions I had asked you was, what was your favorite food? Um you it's, said it's, Italian. It's Italian. Uh, There's no I. Or a homemade sandwich. Okay, Come on now. Don't offend my people. Come on. <laughs> I have this. I have this argument all the time. I'm like, well, what letter does it start with? Yeah, well, I'm about I, to bust your ass out. Okay, listen, um, just say it right. Say it right. There you go. I, I'll go out of my way and say Italian food. I'm so. Oh, but what's your favorite the, the dish? Lasagna, it doesn't, my, does it not matter Diana, as long man, as it's no good? One, no one can touch it. Her gravy was the best. Listen, uh, I, this is a quick like funny Garfield. story for you, like. When I first started dating my wife now, uh, we first started dating on the holidays and she called me and it was, she was on her way home to go up to North Wisconsin and, uh, and she, she was talking to me and I was cooking, I was making our Thanksgiving feast and she was like, oh, what are you making? I was like, oh, I got to get the, put the lasagna in the oven. I'm really excited. And she was like, what? And I was like, what do you mean? What the lasagna, you know? And she was like, wait, what about the turkey? I was like, what about the turkey? It's the lasagna. And so 
like in my family, you know, when it, the Italians, you know, lasagna is the main course. You got a ham and a little bit of turkey, but, you know, the lasagna is where it's at. That's, you know, multiple pans. And, uh, you know, if you're not on your no-no, that's, that's when, you know, you're having a real Italian Thanksgiving. So she thought I was really weird. And then like the next year, like I sent her home, uh, she went back up to her family's and I like sent her up there with like a dish, you know, I was like, here, I made some lasagna for your family. And they were like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, they're real Wisconsin. So they were like, uh, okay, thank you. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they were like, what? You're, yeah. Huh? Right. And I was like, man, they didn't like the lasagna. Like, come on. That's, that that's, that's the best right there. So yeah. And, and and you know what too? It's with with something like this. Nothing that you whip up. You, it's it's um, it's like form. um, you know, part of your soul goes in, into those kind of the, the art form of those home cooked meals. You know what I'm saying? So and I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but there's it is uh, it is know, it's, it's, it's a secret. It's that, a secret uh, you, you know? know secret recipe. It takes two days to make things. Some people call it sauce, but you know, real Italians, I say we call it gravy. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, mwah, as oh, they would man. say. You know, it's not. I'm I'm on this uh. I'm on this big uh, sausage and pepper kick, man, for a minute now. And there's a place here in Bloomingdale called Capone's. And they, to me right now, hands down, have the best sausage and pepper. Well, they'll put potato in it, too. But you know, I make it at home now. But I mean, it's not that healthy for me. But that's 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 kind of what I'm going with right now. I could do it twice a week Italian, if you let so me. So they tell you that on the menu, get up and leave, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. So you got your favorite movie as Goodfellas, which I mean, I it show me somebody yeah, who I mean, thinks listen, that's not um, a good movie, right? You know, the Italian culture, obviously, like I have no problem perpetuating some of the stereotypes. I mean, that was a hard one because um, there's, I, I guess, the reason I picked that one is no matter where I've been in my life, like if that's on, I'm watching it. You know what I mean? So. Uh, you know, there's always been like some, you know, some yeah, fab movies yeah. that, I, that I really like and that I could watch, you know, a hundred times over. Like, um, you know, don't laugh, but like Father of the Bride, man, Steve Martin. I love him in that movie, the hot dog scene where he's like, there's only eight hot dogs and 12 buns. I don't, you know, and he like loses, he like loses his shit <laughs> and it's like, you know, so I'm like, you don't get me wrong. There's like a lot yeah. of great movies. I love movies. I'm a movie buff. Um, but it's, it's one where I'm just like, you know, he's tweaking out in that movie so often too. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that for me, that's like tried and true, you know, hands down, you put that on, I'm watching it every single time. You know, um, there's that scene, most people know that scene, if anything is where, you know, they're in the restaurant and, uh, uh, Ray Liotta, Henry Hill goes, you know, <laughs> you're a funny guy. And then Joe Pesci's like, funny how? Like a clown? Like I amuse you? So funny thing is because Scorsese, he's very meticulous, yeah. right? Like, I mean, even with the wardrobe, he's super with, with that movie I know I read that he was super involved to where he would even tie Ray Liotta's tie specifically like, hey, wanted for the vibe of, the, of of the scene. So Pesci apparently like on the on the side mentioned to him that when he was a kid he was actually working in a restaurant and uh there was a mobster that would frequent there and he he said something like hey you're funny and that mobster made a gave him a look like i'm not very amused with that comment (laughs) and so right so he relayed that you know anecdote to scorsese and um he was like you know what let's it's not in the script but let's use it and then he kind of just kind of let him improv it a little because he wanted that banter between him and uh, uh, Ray Liotta to kind of be or- organic, right? And sure so enough, a little I mean, fun it, fact it was, I have, I have, scene. you know, where he kind of leans back and Ray Liotta does that laugh where he kind of like comes into his chin. 
I've got, I've been told that I la- I laugh like that yeah. and I have that look about me. So it's kind of a running joke with a few few people. And I, I got it printed out and I wear it uh, to bowling night sometimes. And I did bowl, I did bowl my best game. I bowled a two fifty eight huh. in that shirt. So thank you, thank you, Ray wow. Liotta. I was no one's clown. Congratulations. Night, okay, I was king of the hill. So. Uh, I I think I my highest is like a one sixty. So if you ever need somebody know. to I'll throw keep, a match, dude, I'm for, your guy. For a plug for that, for um, sure. You know, so The Godfather is one of my my favorites. You know, staying on on subject here with you know uh, my movies, but um, you know, again, like you said, it's one of those movies that if it's on, you it just kind of sucks you in. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit older. So recently I, I, I watched it in depth. Uh, I was on a flight, had nothing to do. So I was totally engaged in this movie, right? And picked up a lot of things that, you know, just like anybody, when you watch something more than once, you, you pick up all these things that you missed the first few times. And I was just so fascinated by it that I started like um, researching uh, more about the characters. And then I was like, you know what? I went and bought the book. And let me tell you right now, I don't, I don't, I don't read books a lot you know i read articles and all all kinds of stuff like that but you know not a lot of books but this book is absolutely amazing and it really goes in depth about a lot of characters uh uh, um and you see certain scenes in the movie that you don't understand and when you read the book it makes a lot more sense like you know that scene where the cop punches michael in the face when they're at the hospital so so what happened is apparently mccluskey that that captain his whole family were cops and basically, the the way it worked is it was normal to be on the take for rackets such as prostitution, gambling, numbers, things like that. You know, you there was a protection involved. That, you know, everybody was safe, right? So what happened was uh, he was hired by Salazzo to make sure that that hospital was cleared. And in the book, it tells you that Salazzo paid him a lot of money in advance. So when Mike had showed up there that basically negated that deal and uh, McCluskey being a man of his honor knew he had to return that large sum of money back to Salazzo so when he met Michael that's why he was so upset and infuriated because of the whole plan that you don't even yeah, learn so, about so, in the movie so he, like so Mario Puzo fell apart a, a phenomenal author um he's, he's phenomenal and it's a little known secret they never yes. made it to a movie I actually have it tattooed on my arm as well uh it's called Omerta and it's the uh, it's the it's the code of silence for Italians, and basically, you, know, you never don't be a rat. Um, and mm-hmm. he wrote a book called Omerta. So if you loved reading the book The Godfather, you'll love Omerta. So great plug for that. I'll give you a little fact about The Godfather. Anytime that something important is going to happen in that movie, you will see oranges. And um, I just recently got back this past year. I was in Italy. I got to go to Sicily uh, to see where my family's from, and the the streets are lined with orange trees. Uh, they're, t- they're, 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 they're too. Oh my goodness. All trees, these scenes are coming to my, my mind now. And like, so, um, dude. You know, um, and that yeah. was my number two. It was, it was a toss up, but um, so, so he does a great job. Scorsese does, you know, he did a lot of research. He, when he went to Sicily to kind of see how it was, but these oranges, I almost got my ass whooped in Sicily because I basically was like, babe, take a picture of me holding this orange. Cause you know, that was awesome. Right. I'm a dork. So I picked up this orange off the ground, off the ground, not off the tree, mm-hmm. mind you, off the ground. I picked up this fucking orange and I'm like posing like, you know, a total tourist looking like a douchebag. And I'm like, take the picture. You know, I'm like, use the filter, the pretty filter. You know, I'm getting whatever, like get the orange. And I take this picture and it's fine. And I just, I nicely dropped the orange back on the ground in which it was. And this man in this like 
very nice scarf and Italian loafers comes up to me and, you know, I look Italian, I got dark hair, you know, I'm tan, whatever else. And he just starts like unloading, unleashing on me, you know? And I'm like, at first I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Whatever else. And then he like points to the orange and I'm mm-hmm. like, what? So then he starts telling me, then he starts telling me like, I'm, I'm starting to pick up. Then he starts speaking a little bit of English to me, like throw it in the, the trash can. Right. So it's apparently illegal out there you if you pick up the orange it can be on the ground it can be whatever else but if you pick up the orange it's illegal not to put it in the trash so be wary all y'all visiting sicily feel free to touch the oranges but fucking put them Whoa. in the trash can i was like i didn't know what to do with the dude i didn't want to disrespect the country it's my motherland you know i was so happy to be there i was like look at the oranges <laughs> that, that should be a psa on multiple signs of our in the airport yeah. next to the see something say something you should you should have a PSA on proper orange conduct, was, man. Because I'm, I'm not trying to, to get like shot over some citrus and beat my ass. He was ready to like <laughs> hold my scarf, you know. He was like, "Here, Francesco, hold my scarf." Like he's ready to whoop my ass, and, and didn't care that I was a chick either. It was just like screaming at me, and my my in laws were further up, and they're like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I don't know." I fucking touched the orange and looked it up later on, and I was like, "Hey guys, don't touch the oranges," <laughs> like, or if you do, just make sure they go in the in the trash. So yeah, so that so check that out if you're watching that movie. Just every time you see oranges in the scene some something important i am going going to do that and so you know kind of going with 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 the mobster theme here uh uh you're you're a pretty dangerous per- person i i thought i i i lived a dangerous life uh, you you spent some oh bro yeah, you so, were in a cage uh, with a shark like not on you, purpose you did... let me just fucking put that out there so <laughs> um no i was on a family trip we were at uh sea world and they can they yeah dude so they got this thing at SeaWorld like they have got this big shark tank and um you can like you basically can be in this cage that goes along a track and they put this wetsuit on you and they put an air helmet on you like kind of like scuba steve where you're like my full make makeup didn't get like wet right and this air hose goes in it and you step down into this cage oh my goodness. and then it goes along this track and it's like five ten minutes back you know one way and then five ten minutes back the other way and they take a bunch of there's a scuba diver that gets in there takes a bunch of pictures of you you know it's two you in the cage and blah, blah blah it's cool well they give you the you sign the waivers and say you know if you die you're not reliable and they say, don't, don't worry, you know, the only time a shark will do anything is if it's hungry or if it's provoked. But don't worry, we feed them and you're in this cage. They're not going to be provoked. No big deal. So I drop in. Boom. No problem. My cousin drops in. They don't have his air right in his in his helmet. Starts to fill up a little bit. They turn him out. They finally get it situated. He goes to get back in. Well, there's only like a probably like maybe like a three foot, maybe not, not even that much, man. Difference between where you drop in from the med pool, where you drop you, you drop down like into this this cage, right? And you gotta imagine like the door swings into the cage, right? Because it can't, because otherwise you would it would hit the wall. Well, just when they were about to close the door, like pull the door towards them to close us in, this this like nurse shark came up in between the wall and the cage and got in the cage with us, and they shut the cage and didn't realize the shark was in there. Dude, I'm t- this shark was not a, a shark that would bite. I get it, but you have no peripheral vision. You know what I mean? Like, don't ever fart in a wetsuit. It's not a good situation. <laughs> it's like, do you know how Listen, much you can get if they like you in the I'm cage looking at my with cousin, a shark? He's looking at me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. This is how I'm going to go. This is horrible. And they tell you, like, when they're giving you instructions, there's this, like, this little orange, like, uh, rip cord, And they're like, you know, you pull this. If something, if an emergency happens or you're panicking, you pull this in a bank. Well, listen, so... Listen, they, about a this gets worse. It gets about worse. So harpoon, they, right? he's looking at him like, and all I'm thinking is, I grabbed his hand. I'm like, don't, because if we go out of water, now this, sh- this shark's going to be out of water, right? Because it, it basically will bob you to the top. 
So they open up this door. Okay, me and him go to the one side. The scuba instructor, like, he's in there. We go to the one corner. There's a lot of bubbles. They open up the door. Well, they pin the, the, the shark in it, right? They start poking at it with a stick to try to get it out. I'm like, did you just tell me, motherfuckers, that, like, the only time this thing bites is when it's provoked or it's hungry? I'm going to go with this as being provoked. So they ended up getting mm-hmm. the shark out, and we ended up, like, idiots staying in it and finishing the tour. But uh, we didn't pay for anything for the rest of the day. We fast-passed all the rides. And I got to live to tell people that I was in a, a, a cage with a shark locked and uh, in, in SeaWorld will never be the, the same. I was, you know, I'm not in that. The people that do it, like, on purpose, you guys are, are nuts. Yeah. More power to you, but that's scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm uh, no sharks, no swimming with sharks. <laughs> and um, I, I won't, don't do space. Uh, yeah, no. Like, what was that movie with Sandra Bullock, right? No, was it Gravity? Cool. Yeah, dude, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I was bo- that, I was born on that land. That's, anxiety, that's, that's where I'll perish. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, nope. Woo! Oh, oh, I, w- I took my daughters. Yeah, we were, we, were, we were all a little shook that, shook that evening. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got you. Yeah, don't right. Worry about it. I'm just going to be out here for a minute. Don't worry about dad crying. It's okay. So, you know, I really appreciate that um, we went, you know, a little over time here, but it was great. We had an awesome vibe going and, um, you know, a lot of good, good content. We got the, the meat and potatoes, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and, you know, you took time out of, out of your day to do, you know, do me the salad and, 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 and you know, come on this podcast. And um, so just again, you know, thanks from the bottom of my heart. I want you to be safe out there. I mean, same thing. You, you know, you want me to be safe. So, um you know, I just really appreciate it. I mean, no, anything, man, listen, uh, you'd you like know, to, to say or note to in closing? To kind of get some normal. Um, this has obviously been, you know, I, I vibe with you. You know, you're one of my oldest friends. I've known you forever. Um, so I was excited to jump at the chance just to even just be on the phone and just talk to you. I kind of knew we might run out long. That's just both of us, right? I wasn't, I was like, no way we're keeping it under 35 to 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Chance in hell with us two. But, uh, you know, I could talk to you for hours. But, you know, I hope that people found it enjoyable today and, you know, I'm just happy that, you know, you considered me enough of a, uh, you know, subject matter enthusiast, I'll say, even not expert, but enthusiast to be included in this. You're doing, you know, this is this is some dope shit that you're doing. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to continue to do with it. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of it early on. And I know that when you put your mind to something, dude, you're going to fucking kill it. So, you know, all, all the best wishes to you, man. I, I got nothing but love and respect for you all the way. All right, so there you have it. Uh, wise words from DJ Out Loud. Uh, you have yourself All right, uh, later, everybody. a good night, talk man. Be soon, safe bro. out there, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, so that wraps up episode number three with DJ Out Loud. Again, special thanks uh, to her for, again, taking the time, coming on, uh, and just kind of sharing her heart. Uh, and then giving us a peek into, you know, some of her personal life as well and sharing her experiences. Uh, I'm still kind of uh, thinking about these oranges from The Godfather, man. Uh, I'm, I have to go back and look into that. But but anyways, yeah, yeah. Thank you all out for coming on. Uh, again, you can hear all the interviews from DJs and check out their music off my website. That's Chicago djfactory.com slash podcast so before I close out here I just want to again encourage anybody who's a DJ professional amateur aspiring um, or you know producing uh, 
hit me up. You can contact me again directly through the website. Um, hit me up. I'd love to get you on the roster here for an interview. All right, everybody be safe. Uh, episode four coming, uh, hopefully in another three weeks.